business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm so wasted! Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, Lane, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Man, I could use a royal penis cleaning myself. I don't know about you guys. I I definitely could. I mean, I'm just saying. Anyway, what is going on, everybody? It is... It hey, is, hey, you might hear some background noise tonight, folks. <laughs> it, is, it is Saturday. It is... If I get it's 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 late. It's Saturday. We are actually back. Yes, we took two weeks off. We had to recover from WrestleMania. Don't blame us. Blame fucking WWE. God damn it. Thirty six hundred consecutive hours of pro wrestling is what it felt like. <laughs> oh, I know, man. So yeah, yeah, there was that. And yeah, I don't know. Just busy week for everything, everybody. But yeah, we are actually back. Uh we've got Bobby here. What's yes, up, Bobby? Sir. What's happening, man? What's up? We've got Anthony, of course, as always. What's up, Anthony? What's going on, everybody? Oh, man. It's been rough, but like I said, man, we're making it. We're making it. We're getting through, if you know what I mean. Getting through and doing some big things, man. We've all been pretty busy. I know I've been busy. I know that the uh, the network has been busy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, a lot of yeah. things busy. we got the Patreon going. Go out there and hit, hit that patreon.com slash THT network. See that, Anthony? Network. And uh, that's how you get over there. Yeah, that. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, pretty much, you know, you can also go on uh, iTunes, look at THT Network. You'll get all the shows there or THT Podcast or just look up THT Movie Review. It's all one of them. Look up something. God damn it. Something. And Bobby, you're doing some stuff, too. 
Yeah, man, I've been I've been doing a lot of things. I, I started a, started a new venture, relatively new. Um, I'm about uh, four episodes in right now on my new podcast, The Inhuman Experience. Uh, with, it's me and my partner, Bobby Blades. Yes, we're both named Bobby. It's not a gimmick. It just happened to work out that way. You know, talking a lot of paranormal stuff, paranormal and unexplained, you know, just uh, having some interesting talks. We're just getting started. So, you know, just like everything, when, when you're new, you still have to kind of find your groove. But that's that's what I've been doing. Also been doing a lot of music, you know, been been yeah. diving back into that lately and still also looking uh, looking forward to doing more with my partner right here, Anthony, you know, like we're both still really, really eager to get, to get things moving mm-hmm. right here on the network with the, uh, the anthology of hip hop. Nice. Oh yes. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. And I, I need to listen to that, uh, in humans because, uh, I love all that paranormal stuff and I've seen some shit in my life too, dude. Dude, look, man, honestly, we're, we're going to have you on. Like, I'm not even asking you. I'm telling you, that's how it's happening. You're going to be on, <laughs> you're going to be on with us. At one point, um, the the episode that we just put out this, uh, this week actually is kind of an interesting one with, uh, we had a guest, we had two guests actually, Johnny Florida and our boy Tyler Fudge from, um, the Federation of Suplex City Limits. And, uh, actually today is his birthday and we all know what yesterday, we all know what yesterday was for 20 and the day before that was actually bicycle day, which was, you know, the, the day of the discovery of LSD. So what we covered, um, it's kind of easy to connect the dots. Uh, it's a paranormal podcast, but we actually covered uh, hallucinogens. We spent the whole show talking about hallucinogens and maybe a spiritual connection with those. Mm-hmm. So nice. So you, yeah, uh, it was a little all over the place, but yeah, man, we got into some interesting talk. Talking a little LSD, a little mushrooms, a little yeah, ayahuasca. Mushroom. Ayahuasca, definitely DMT. DMT, absolutely. yeah. It's fucking like listening to Joe Rogan's show, man. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I'm nowhere near on that level, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was a it was a fun talk. It was a little all over the place, but it was definitely a fun talk. Well, I mean, you know? if you're talking hallucinogenics, I it it should be all over the place. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I don't, I, you did nothing wrong there, man. Nothing to fucking worry about right there, man. But uh, man, otherwise, uh, been one of those weeks, guys. Yeah, man. It's been a weird week. Very strange week. Uh, It started off Tuesday with us talking about death. And from then on, it has been people fucking, I hate to say, people are (laughs) dropping dead left and right on us, man. What the fuck did we do? Yes, uh, THT is becoming the real Undertaker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We taking souls for real. (laughs) We taking souls, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) does always seem to happen all at once though doesn't it well, yeah literally dude we talked about nicole bass and like you know and i said this tuesday we, we talked about nicole bass for like a week and like two weeks later she was like dead and i'm like what the fuck did who the fuck talks about nicole bass yeah the fuck did we right. do you know what else died that day Fox's boner no uh, oh. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was just <laughs> bad. Uh, it would be worse <laughs> if it didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is how we're doing death talk. Uh, this is fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it, it's been fucking like 
one after another. Um, of course, you know, Bruno, San Martino. Yeah. Uh, then we had Paul Jones and then Barbara Bush and then Harry Anderson. I mean, I've talked about Night Court how many yeah. countless times on this show uh, yeah. and and the other show. And, you know, Barbara Bush. Did I mention Barbara Bush? She had Barbara Bush, mm-hmm. Harry yeah. Anderson. And today, just today, we have fucking Vern Troyer. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know about Harry either. This is my first hearing of both of these. Yep. Harry Anderson, I believe Thursday. Um, I believe it was Thursday, maybe Friday. But uh, yeah, they found his body in Asheville, North Carolina. Just uh, they're not sure what happened, but only 65 years old, man. Yeah. Yeah. That man. I mean, my parents are older than that. That's that's scary, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. fucking scary, but uh, yeah, man, and obviously, like I said, I've talked a ton about Night Court on this show. I mean, he did a little more than just Night Court. Actually, before Night Court, uh, he was a creepy magician on yeah, Cheers. On Cheers. Harry the yeah. Hat, he sure was. Yeah, and actually, that was right after. It, it, it was during. It was during that time, because he, he got on Cheers, uh, you know, let's see, 1987, 1983, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Night Court was still running. Night Court won 193 episodes. He was on every single fucking one of them. Um, well, Cheers Cheers led to, if I remember correctly, Cheers actually led to his role on Night Court because NBC loved what he was doing on Cheers, and they, they mm-hmm. uh, created Night Court as basically as a vehicle for him. Yeah, but yeah, because his first thing on Cheers was in 1982, and then I believe that was the same year. Let me see. What year? I think actually uh, Night Court started in 1984. Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. Yep, 1984. So, yeah, about a couple years later, they were like, hey, why don't you uh, have your own show? And, man, Night Court was awesome, dude. So many guest stars on that show, man. Yeah. If, I mean, if you watch that show, there are tons of people in that show. Like I said, the second episode or third episode, Michael J. Fox is on there. Yeah, very young Michael J. Fox. Very young Michael J. Fox. Um, Scott Wolf, who's in The Office and in Dodgeball, he's in that. He's in there once or twice. Um, the bad cop from RoboCop. <laughs> Remember him? The, the the heavy guy, the fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's in a couple episodes of that. I've seen Lou Ferrigno in Night Court. Lou Ferrigno, hell yes, he was on there. He was a wrestler. Yeah, yep, he played a wrestler. He did. Yeah, he that was an episode a, where Bull became a wrestler. Bull became a wrestler. That's right. You had Richard Mull yeah. on that show. Um, yeah, was that his name? Richard. Oh, Mull? Brent Spiner. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And, uh, Brent Spiner was on there a few times. After they went through a few different uh, female DAs, they finally got to uh, Christine Sullivan, played by well, what was her fucking name? God damn it, Margot Marky Post. Marky, Marky Post. Post. There you go. Yeah, yeah, because they originally wanted her for the show, but she wasn't available. Right. So yeah, they had to settle for. Her. A couple of other people that just didn't didn't exactly work out. So they were thrilled when they were actually able to get Marky Post since she was their original choice. I actually wish the little uh, the little blonde worked out, Billy. Yeah, yeah, I liked her character. I I kind of had a little crush on her when I was a kid watching this show. I thought she was always pretty hot. 
Don't know why, but I, but I, but I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah I always thought cutie. she was kind of hot. I forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot her name. Uh, it would take me forever to probably find it, but uh, yeah, dude, there were so many people on that fucking show, man. So many goddamn people had little, and they were all young. And I mean, most of them are. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried was even a DA on that show for a while. He sure was. Yeah, yeah. I think he did what three, four episodes, maybe three. Uh, I think three. I seem to remember that it was more than that. Maybe that was all. Uh, hey, no, it says three here. Okay. Yeah, because he was the court reporter's. Uh, boyfriend they ended up getting married yeah yeah um trying to look here and see if there's any more really names that pop out at me but i don't steven root that was the guy's name not steve not 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 scott wolf oh yeah office space the yeah. office space uh oh, right, dodgeball right, right. steven root was on that show at one point um jennifer richards who i believe was in drop dead fred uh, yeah, there have been so many fucking people to come through that show. I mean, it's no NYPD yeah. Blue, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you had John Lorquette as the Jesus. He that really system. did almost put yeah. the same the same thing in every show, didn't he? He was that smarmy, and you know, he didn't start out as the 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 smarmy ladies man. If you watch the no. first four or five episodes, he's a very conservative very put together Stuffy. very proper right yeah he's smoking a right. pipe and then somewhere in the fifth or sixth episode they made him a fucking perv um yeah because well if you well no i'm sorry go ahead no go yeah because um he had he had uh he had done a lot of guest spots on a lot of other sitcoms like uh sanford and son he was on mork and mindy and right. Just a bunch of other sitcoms. Just, you know, he was a funny guy. He mm -hmm. was a comedic actor. And, you know, they put him in the role of Dan, who was supposed to be a stiff and stuffy guy. They didn't really know the value that they had in him. And uh, I guess between scenes and just, you know, at the beginning of the day and just whenever they weren't working, his comedic side would come out. He would just joke around and he would just have everybody laughing. So they decided to work work a lot of that into the uh into the script into his character and he became so popular that the show eventually turned from being a vehicle for harry to pretty much being dan's show you know he was he became more of a focus yeah he definitely uh did become more of the focus especially in the later seasons um especially the last season the last season the focus was all on Dan and John Larroquette. Um, if you remember, he went crazy. He became like a like a like a, like a savior, like a church going yes. savior. And he was right. giving all. When Phil died, the Phil the yeah. bum, and his brother came back, and his twin brother. Um, so yeah, he got to that. That season was all about him. That whole last season, really. I, I never thought of that, but you're right. That whole last season did end up being about Dan and Dan's problems and them helping Dan. Shit. Yeah. Good fucking it, call, man. Really kinda it's really kinda interesting. Dude, I'm telling you, I was as I was as into that show as you were, man. I guess I guess it's just that era, because you know, we're about to say we're exactly the same age, mm -hmm. actually. So just that time of, of watching it, like I can picture you sitting at the house with your parents just like I sat at the house with my parents whatever it came on yep and just just all into it and it's just interesting to see like, like dan wasn't the only character that 
evolved into something different. Because if you remember Bull in the first season, mm-hmm. you know, mainly like most of the first season, he was a stiff, like intimidating, you know, really cold and really scary guy. But then he eventually kind of evolved into a big, goofy simpleton. Lovable. Yeah. 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 Gentle Um, giant. Right. Lovable meathead. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A bunch of appearances on that that show by Mel Torme. Harry Anderson was a huge, in real life, a huge Mel Torme fan. Um, and John Aston, the the, yes. the original Gomez Adams, was his played yeah. his father later in some uh, about eleven episodes. Um, and by the way, Billy Young was played by Ellen Foley. That's who that was. Billy Young, the uh, the, the the little blonde girl we were talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, man, that was uh, John John Aston, Mel Torme, um, and uh, John Aston was hilarious in this show. Oh yeah, because he played yeah. kind of a crazy guy, and definitely played it crazy. He even had a catchphrase. You know, he would say something, he would say something horrible, and then he would smile and say, "But I'm feeling much better now." Yeah, and then he would, sh- you know, smile and shake his head while doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good. And fucking, you had Marshall Warfield on that show. She was, cr- you know, and she after they, after they lost uh, Selma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first bailiff that was there with Bull, and then they went to the other lady, Flo. Flo yeah. Thank you. And then yeah. they finally got uh Marsha Warfield, who was a scary woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Selma she did like she could take a punch. Yeah, yeah. And Selma, who's by the way, her real name was Selma, Selma Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Selma did just kind of pass away right right when they were you know, in the middle of filming, so yeah. But I think uh, she died, like right after the second season, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got it right up in the. Yeah, she ended up doing yeah. about thirty-seven. It was mid-second season, right? Exactly. But uh, yeah, man, it was just. And I'll I'll be one hundred percent honest. This may be the show that got me a little bit into magic. Uh, Weebs is bringing up Yakov Smirnov. That's right. He had a yeah, big part yeah. on this show. Yeah. He played Yakov. Sure did. He did. Yep. <laughs> he sure did. And he 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 ended yeah. up having a big part on this show. But uh this might be what got me into doing a little bit of magic. Watching this show, because I loved magic as a kid. And then I started realizing how easy it was. So I don't know, but this show here, I always loved watching him, you know, do the magic tricks and I mean, he was the amazing Jonathan, if you know who that is, that, you know, the magician comedian before there was an amazing Jonathan. Right. So, but yeah, I I, I loved it, man. I really, I mean, I know this wasn't a, a, a fucking night court show, but Jesus Christ. I mean, when you mention Harry Anderson, really, I believe that's, I mean, I know a lot of people right. out there watched, uh, what was it, Dave's World? Yeah. Dave's World. I've never watched it. It was a 90s yeah, thing. I don't know. I was, I was drinking and <laughs> I was drinking a yeah, lot during Dave's World. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I was just getting out of high school. Uh, Dave's World was another show he was in. Uh, lasted what three seasons? Anthony, did, did, did you watch it? I watched it a little bit. I want to say it lasted about three, four years. I think it, you're I think you might be right. It might have been four seasons actually. I must have been in college. I didn't do a lot of TV watching it, though. Yeah, it was, yeah. Four seasons. Uh, Let's see. 
Zane Carney. There wasn't really many. Mayshock Taylor. Okay. Was in that show. All right. I know who he is. And that's about it. (laughs) I'm looking back, man. Like, how insane is it that Night Court lasts for what, like nine years? You, you'll never see a, a you know in this minor in the modern era like that a show last that long, produce that many original episodes. Well, I mean you got shows like Law and Order that are on the you know well, as far as as far as sitcoms as far as sitcoms yeah you're probably yeah. not anymore. They usually seven is about as high as they go at this point. Right, that's pretty much always always sunny lasted a very long time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It did, it did, but um. Yeah. But that was an anomaly, you know, compared to everything else. Because, like, like Anthony's saying, they're just they're just not making classics anymore. Like, even in those days, during their run, while we were watching these shows, we knew that they were classics. We knew that Night Court was a classic while we were watching it. Right. And you know, you don't really get that feeling from any sitcoms now. And for the majority of his run, it pretty much stayed like relevant. It didn't like like some shows. Anything that lasts, in my opinion, over five seasons, it starts to show its age. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for it to last another four years, it's just like, uh, like, put it to you like this. I was a two and a half men fan. But I feel like once they lost Charlie Sheen and it, it lost something those last four years, one year over, two years over, they could have probably still ended on a good note. But that extra four seasons really, in my opinion, hurt the overall legacy of the show just slightly for me. Yeah. Right. I agree. It felt like with that show, and I kind of want to mention another thing about Night Court because it feels like we're transitioning, but with Two and a Half Men, it, it, it kind of felt like they continued the show out of spite after uh, after Charlie Sheen because they just wanted to prove to him that they could still do it without him. Right, yeah. At least that's what it felt like to me. No, it, it felt and like it that a lot. Ass. Yeah, a lot of people, they were just like, oh, well, screw him. We'll just keep on going without him. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and the show wasn't the same without him. Yeah, because you have to remember, like, the show was, when they originally uh, came up with the concept for that show, it was for, they had Charlie Sheen in mind. Somebody just had the bright idea and said, you know what? Hire fucking Charlie Sheen for it. Mm-hmm. And they, they the show was tailored specifically for him. And this is no disrespect to Ashton Kutcher, but he didn't fit that role. It, it's like, you couldn't expect Charlie Sheen to go on that 70s show and play Michael Kelso the way Kutcher did. It's not that you can't just like pull somebody out of a role that they pretty much grown into and developed and made their own for that many seasons, that many years, and it just plug somebody else in and say, "Here, Nana Shergay," and try to make essentially make them the same type person. Don't work. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It just doesn't. It just doesn't fucking work. Now, I wanted to backtrack a little bit since you gentlemen were uh, children of the '80s. Got a Cheers question. Uh-oh. Go Kirsty ahead. Or, uh, Kirsty or Shelly? It's from Weebs in the chat. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of a Shelly Long fan. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, Kirsty, uh, I don't know. She just looked like she could do some things. <laughs> yeah, man. I kind of always I kind of always had a... Uh, I don't know. Kirsty Alley always kind of did it for me. Not necessarily her character, but right. I just kind of... I, I felt like Kirsty kind of had that look. You know? Yeah, she just... Yeah, I'll just say, a... I'll leave it at that. She looked like she could do some things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look at them eyes, man. I, you know, always look at look at the eyes. The eyes tell a story. Exactly, exactly. But you know, Night Court. Well, one of the weirdest thing though about Night Court when it did end, um, the 
they the last show was not actually supposed to be the last show. If you watch that show in final order, there's one episode before the last episode where Bull is taken by aliens and Dan decides to go chase Christine, Christine. in uh, in Albany, New York, where she got her new job. And everyone sort of goes their own own ways. And then if you actually watch the real last episode, they're all together again like nothing's wrong. The station sort of aired them in the wrong order. So they really couldn't do anything about it, but it was really weird. And it it was just one of those things where the station just didn't realize what they were doing, aired them in the wrong order, and it just became part of the fucking show. But that show did get that last season of the show, they they were they were struggling to 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 come up with good shit. It was kind of all over the place. Like, what more could they do? I, I, well, at least this, it's, the way it feels to me is they kind of reached a point where they were like, well, what, what more can we do? You know, mm-hmm. other people are getting other offers to do other things, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was another show, though, that kind of recycled characters over and over. People came in as different people. Um, yes, they sure they, they had one guy who came in as four different characters. Uh, actually, you know, five. To, Jesus Christ, Jack Riley. You remember? You remember him? Uh, what was he in that you would probably remember? Ah, uh, man, what was he in? He was in Spaceballs. He was okay. in. He was in all the Mel Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Jesus, he hasn't done anything. That sounds familiar. You, if you saw, he's one of those. If you saw him, you would recognize him. He was the lawyer in Boogie Nights. I know this dude. I just looked him up. Yep, you would know him. He was in seven different episodes, and he was six different characters. One, two, three, five different characters. So there you go. They did that with a lot of people. And it was kind of like, you know, NYPD Blue in that sense. NYPD Blue does the same thing. They would bring back different characters and recycle them. This show did the same thing, man. But uh, Weebs is bringing up in the chat that Night Court's theme was sampled for the remix to Cameron's 1998 single, Horse and Carriage. Uh, (laughs) I've never heard that remix. I know that it was sampled by... uh... I believe it was... Let me see. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of something else. Well, also was uh, used in season five of uh, Family Guy, the episode Bill and Peter's Bogus sure Journey. <laughs> yep, Bill Clinton is playing it on the saxophone. <laughs> it is a good theme. I won't lie; I like it. It was the class one of the one of the classic themes. Oh yeah, and that yeah. that last little you know guitar little riff was pretty fucking known. He, I don't know, man. It, and, it, you know, it showed the streets of New York, like the real streets of New York back then. I, I loved it. I, I just absolutely loved the show. And it's, uh, you know, I, I know it's an old show, but, uh, you know, it's sad Harry Anderson is gone, you know, to me. So, yeah, man, I've, I've always felt like he, he could have done so much more, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know he's, why he's a he... likable. Yeah, and I don't know why he stopped acting or what, but he just kind of drifted away. Oh, 
I, I ain't mean to interrupt here, but uh, we actually forgot to mention somebody that also passed away this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ronald Lee Emery, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, oh Early yeah. Ermy. That's right. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. Saving yeah. Silverman. Yeah. Yep, he was in Saving Silverman. He, uh, yeah. Texas oh. Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. The remake. Yep, you could think of a ton of movies that guy was in, and yeah, that was another one, man. That was another one. You know, I mean, he literally traveled around doing that drill sergeant character. Let's let's not forget this man was a real drill sergeant in real life before he became which an was, actor, which was why he was so convincing. <laughs> exactly. That's why when he you know sat there and did the drill sergeant, you were like, wow, this guy's really good. Yeah. You know why he yeah. did it in real life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we forgot to mention him, but damn, I could talk Full Metal Jacket all fucking night. That fucking movie. Because, I mean, that's that's really what he's known for. He was also in Mississippi Burning. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff that people would know. He was in all of the Toy Story movies. He was in uh, Dead Man Walking. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Mm-mm. That was uh, Susan Sarandon and um, Sean Penn. Oh. Pretty, okay. un- he was pretty also, underrated. He was also on an episode of Family Guy. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He was in a uh, movie seven. You guys remember that? That was fucking weird. It was uh, great, yeah. but it was weird. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and uh, Brad Pitt. Yep, Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. I, I that's a that's a really fucking great movie. Damn right. Yeah, I forgot he was in that movie though. Yeah, B Max is saying Mississippi Burning is a movie we should review. Uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Did you see how Fox let that linger there, Bobby? He let it. Maybe yeah, think that'd be a good idea. Let's let's do American you know, history. I, X I, I, know we're tra- I know that we transitioned, yeah, but that's... I wanted to mention one other thing about Night Court yeah, that sure. a lot of people don't aren't aware of, mm-hmm. and, unless I'm unless I kind of got my information mixed up. Night Court exists. It's not exactly a spinoff, but exists in the same universe as Barney Miller. I've some of the, that. Uh, yes, some of the some of the uh, people who have been through because you know Barney Miller, they they're set up pretty much the same. Most of the time on Barney Miller, they were right there at the station. Most of the time in Night Court, they were right there in the courtroom. Um, a lot of the people that would uh, that would come to the police station would also end up in the courtroom like the same characters mm-hmm. a lot of the same actors so it wasn't exactly a spin-off but it, it existed in the same universe yeah and actually florence Halep, who played Flo, was on um barney miller a bunch of times as different characters um wow. reinhold weege who was the uh producer of the show actually worked yeah. on barney miller so, and yeah, it actually says, po- it, 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 right here, it says, possibly believe that Night Court was actually a spinoff. But yeah, that's pretty goddamn cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, a lot Night of Court. tie-ins. A lot of tie-ins. Goddamn Barney Miller. I haven't talked about that show. I haven't even thought about that show in years. Yeah. Wow. That's an old one. I remember my parents watching that show too, man. Right. Yeah. I think my dad used to kind of watch that. Yep. Yep, that was a good show. I liked it. I I don't remember a lot about it, but I I do remember watching it. Yeah, it wasn't one of those out in the street shows. They were always pretty much right there, joking around in the station. 
Right. They didn't see a lot of action. You know? Yeah. And night court, you pretty much, they were either in the courtroom or the cafeteria or his office, yeah. those yep. three places, 90% office. of the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah. a lot of fucking sense. Let me ask you something real quick. Were either of you uh, into a uh, soap back in the day? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that I loved show. It. I absolutely I loved it. That was a great fucking show, man. Good, I'm not the only one. I mean, a lot of pe- there, are, a lot of people. I don't think get that show enough credit, but I, it was all over the place sometimes. But I loved it. I loved like the insanity of it. Yeah. yeah, it was beautifully done, man. It was a, it was, it was what it was supposed to be. It was a parody of daytime soap operas. Right. It was wacky, and it was just completely insane. And I loved every second of it. Yeah, I do too. I don't remember a ton about the show. I remember some of the actors on the show, um, but I do remember. Yeah, yeah, but I do remember sitting there watching it. Now, B Megs in the chat is saying there's 419 confirmed TV shows linked to Sane elsewhere. It's like a. <laughs> It's like a conspiracy thing. Might have to get into that. That's worth looking into. Because I'm definitely, I'm intrigued. <laughs> now, 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 I'm gonna have to look into that. That'll have to be a whole another. Uh, that'll be a whole another incarnation of a show itself. Um, yeah, that'll be a show within a show. Jesus, yeah. four hundred nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Really, four hundred nine. Just the one. I can't wow. even see how that would be possible. You can't either. Yo, yo, Megs, I swear to God, if there's an NYPD blue reference tied in that St. Elsewhere, there you, sir, you've earned, your, <laughs> you've earned your plate. <laughs> yourself a spot on this show. There probably is. I wouldn't doubt it Jesus at all. <laughs> I would yeah. not doubt that at all if there was. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. I guess we can just kind of go from... I mean, you guys just want to go from talking about this to go right into talking about some Austin Austin Powers or and Vern or uh, yeah, Vern Troyer, another one. I I I I don't understand what's going on this week. It's just one of those fucking weeks, man. But uh, yeah, Vern Troyer, known for being not only mini me, but one of the shortest men in the like on the planet. At I think two foot eight, he was. Yeah, two foot eight, and he was. You talk about young. He was only like 49 years old. He man. was, yeah, 49. Was he had a lot of complications, number one. He had been put into, I mean, he was a big alcoholic. Um, drugs, he had been in rehab, recently had been in rehab. And I believe they found him in like at the beginning of the month, um, unresponsive and... Uh, they believed alcohol poisoning, so I believe he's actually been on some sort of life support for the for the like the most of this month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. He, 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 he. You know, he lived a tough life. Don't make the fucking hard knock life joke, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, folks. All right, we're going to keep this subject short. No, I'm too oh. soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to Weeves. That's the catch. That's the catchphrase. Never too soon. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know a lot of people remember him as Mini Me. Did anyone ever watch the Surreal Life with him and China? And yeah. I, I believe it was 
I believe that was the year Ron Jeremy and Tammy Faye Baker were on. Or am I wrong yeah. there? I, I, I remember China was on there. I want to say it wasn't Troy. It might have been Gary Coleman, but I might be getting the uh, season mixed up. Uh, Gary Coleman was on the first season. Actually, you know what? I think yeah. I think it was Vern. To, I think that was the same year that Flavor Flav and uh, Bridget Nielsen were on. They were with China, and uh, I think Vanilla Ice might have been there. He was on. Uh, Vanilla Ice was on the one with uh, Gary Coleman. I with believe. Gary Coleman, okay, all right. I, I don't. I can't. I, I do. Weebs is right though. There was a, a part in there where he was drunk, and he was uh, naked on his little motorized scooter. Uh, he even peed in the plant in his room. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. He peed in the plant in his room. He was that drunk. So he always had a few complications and a few. I mean, come on. You're two foot eight. You're kind of gonna yeah. do what you're gonna do here. Weebs has the whole cast. It was uh, Debrat. Oh, I knew the brat was on there. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Curry, Christopher Knight, China, Marcus Ske- Skeckenberg, um, Vern Troyer, and Jane Wielden. That was season four. It was 2005. Thank you, Weebs. Yeah, dude, that was a crazy fucking Weebs. season, man. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember watching. I remember China actually stole. Vern Troyer's room because she thought it was so cool that everything was little. <laughs> and he walked in and he was like, yeah, did you not notice this room was sort of everything's little for a reason? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but I just thought it was cute. And he was like, no, you gotta go. Bitch, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> you gotta go. That was China at her worst, by the way. I, I can't even yeah. believe she did that show. She was in very bad shape. I, I think I've only ever seen one episode that season, and it was the one where uh, X-Pac was trying to get in and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody pretty much blocked him, and I guess they figured they were protecting her from him. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy show. But I do remember also that first season, though, when, uh, you know, with Vanilla Ice and everything. And, man, I remember they were at a karaoke bar. And they were chanting for him to do, because he hadn't done Ice Ice Baby in forever. And man, that bar right. lost their fucking mind when he did that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I might catch heat for this, but, you know, for his time, Vanilla Ice was a dope MC. I mean, I know a lot, you know, he was, he, he comes across as a cornball now, but back then I was feeling ice. Well, we also heard some, there's some stories that he didn't even want to do that whole thing. But anyway. I mean, he was sort of a metal guy until he was sort of hung over a... What's the story, Bobby? He was hung over a uh, balcony? Yeah, well, for the the, uh, publishing rights to Ice Ice Baby. Right. Right. Um, But I mean, all... What did it... (laughs) Uh, uh, He says it didn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Of course he did. But uh, depending on who you believe, uh, Vanilla Ice was essentially a, uh, he was the original backer for a Death Row Records. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, essentially. <laughs> yeah, something right. like that. Yeah, but uh, literally, um, his all the albums after that he made were pretty much fucking metal. Yeah. And I, probably a better 
probably a better fit for him than than hip hop. Yeah, I think the uh, I think but, his um, other album after the hip hop album was called uh, I believe it was Ice Cold. I remember playing God, what game? There was a motorcycle game on PS2 that I used to play, and this and the song was in it. I believe it was like a a moto. I know it was a motocross game, but I know the song was in it. And I, it was it, it was wasn't a bad fucking song, man. I don't know. I've I've never been a fan, but I can give them credit for one thing. There's one thing that I do like about them because what I remember from seeing him on uh, what was that show called? The Surreal Life. Yep. Um, he he was angry a lot of the time because he felt Very. like people were people were making fun of him and he felt like he was a joke and he was he couldn't understand why everybody else on there didn't see that everybody thought that they were uh, all a joke and i think they pretty much got through to him like look we're we're here this is this is where we are in life and we might as well enjoy it whether they think we're a joke or not or mm-hmm. actually it said we're here because people remember us and respect us and love what we did enough to want to see us some more and they kind of got through to him and like now whenever you see him he's not taking himself so seriously anymore right yeah and then there was that show what was that show called for a while where are they now remember that was like a little Mm -hmm. series they did and he got up there and did fucking ice ice baby it was right after this that that show actually i think that was, was i think it was called where are they now Fucking lover boy got up there and did a song one night. It was one of those shows where they were like, well, let's bring out hey. these fucking has-beens, but hey. Vanilla Ice kicked ass, man. Yeah, Vanilla Ice gave gave the world ninja rap. <laughs> he did do that, man. And yeah. I think yeah. like it's a great thing. He did, and uh, he also gave, you know, you know, he, <laughs> he gave Jim Carrey a little material for, uh, you know, that uh, for um, <laughs> In Living Color. He did the what was it? rice rice baby? <laughs> that was that was classic. <laughs> yeah, a little more trivia for I think we actually brought this up once before on the show. We probably um, have. Henry Rollins actually played Vanilla Ice in a third base video. Oh man! Yeah, he was dressed like a bat the hair. <laughs> oh well hey that's what uh that's kind of what gave john cena his character dressing up like vanilla ice for halloween one year well i look at it like this you know if, if they make it fun of you whatever it's keeping your name in the spotlight and you're doing something right you're getting attention for yourself positive and negative as long as people are talking about you yeah yeah to the day he's still giving work so yeah yeah, uh, D- D- Vanilla Ice is a fucking big real estate agent down in Florida. He has a TV show about it. Wait, you serious? I'm dead fucking serious, dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> My mom watches it. It's like, like what like, channel is it on? It's I like, might have to check this out. It's like A and E or Home and Garden, one of those fucking stations, one of those girly stations. But he he has a TV show about about real real estate, flipping houses, and all that shit, dude. He's yeah. always been into that. That's how mm-hmm. he funded his his career. Yeah. You know, when he when he first got in, that's how he funded everything. Yeah, real estate money. Yeah, and he's got a he's couple. Never yeah, and he's huge into motorcycles. I think he might even have a motorcycle store uh, business down there. I think maybe I'm wrong about that one, but I thought at one point he had a motorcycle shop down there in Miami. So 
I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it. He seems to have his hands in, in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And Bobby, for some reason, you are breaking up a little bit here and there. Kind of. Oh. Okay. Getting bad. I don't I'm know. I'm sitting if, still. Well, if we got to take a break and reconnect, we can do that in a minute. Uh, let's yeah. see if it maybe gets better. But uh, yeah, man, I guess we should get back to Vern Troyer and not those horrible seasons of surreal life. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, he's mainly known for playing mini me. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's really what m- most people. Th- that was probably his first. Was that his first movie role ever? Was Mini Me? No, his his actually first movie role was a. Uh, I don't know if you remember a movie from nineteen ninety four called uh, Baby's Day Out. <laughs> no. Yeah, he was actually a stunt double in that movie. So his actual film debut was a uh, nineteen ninety four. He's got fifty seven credits, man. I'm I'm a little shocked right now. Mm. Yeah, what he, else was he, he in? He did some pretty big things. Yeah, I'm a he did a jiggle all the way. Pretty big things. Shut up, Anthony. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, oh, I'm not trying to be an asshole, folks. I promise. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was in the Men in Black. Um, I do remember him in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I do remember him in that movie. Uh he was in Mighty Joe, Joe Young. Uh, All right, yeah. And then obviously, you know, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. He started in that one. And then he did, oh, wow, he did a few more, uh, let's see, a Ma- Madonna thing. I don't even want to know. Uh, Here Lies Lonely, Mission Imp. Oh, God. Bit Players. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He was in that movie? Huh. Don't remember him in there either. Jingle All the Way, Dunstan Jackson, Wishmaster, Rocket Man, Bubble Boy. Uh, oh shit, he was in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's got a lot. He was a grip hook. I guess there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes things for him, and a lot of uh, like I don't want to say small parts, but <laughs> now who's the dick box? <laughs> but there's a lot of parts in here. There's a lot of uh, things in here where he plays himself. Vern Troyer is 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 what oh, I do yeah. want to bring up because there is there's a lot of parts in here where he plays himself. Um, you know, I mean, Polly Shore is dead. Vern Troyer, um, Moby. We we are all made of stars. A video short. He plays Vern Troyer. Uh, and I can keep going. <laughs> uh, I know. I tried to let. I tried to just hey. let that one slide right. But <laughs> I read it just like it said on IMDb. Goddamn it! Yes. He was in Scrubs. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I promise, folks, this is a real title. Uh, he's in. He was in something called No Malone. Yes. Oh wow. Yes, I see that up there at the top of the list. He was in Trailer Park Boys again. Played Vern Troyer. And uh, yeah, looks like the last thing he did looks like he looks like he will get a little part in one more uh, thing coming out called Hipsters, Gangsters, Aliens, and Geeks. Uh, so he'll be uh, he'll be playing Emperor Bezel Chug. Wow, what could this movie be about? Oh. In all sincerity, it's 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 a tragedy, man, because he really was a talented guy. Yeah. Oh wow. No Malone looks like a scary movie. It's not what you think. Oh. oh. No Malone is a is a man, pull that bad boy up there. It actually looks like a creepy fucking movie from 2015. Oh, oh it's about a magical potion of a bewitched gnome. Uh, the girl, when Zoe, she quickly realizes that she isn't your garden, that he isn't your 
average garden, garden variety gnome. He begins eliminating her enemies in extravagant displays. Of, oh, he's, he's like a leprechaun. He starts killing motherfuckers. That actually sounds like a good movie. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we should take a quick break real quick. Try to get Bobby unrobotic. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Let's see what's going on here. We'll be right back, guys. We will see you all in just a few minutes. In the meantime, enjoy a little song by Shaheen. Here you go. Yeah. Reporting live from the 215. You know, life gets awesome times. Sometimes you gotta eat shit to appreciate the shit you got. If you know what I mean. Let me curl my throat. <clears throat> Check it out. Uh. I'm heavy swinging in like a Cadillac. Don't on that note, I'm dangerous like crack smoke. Best believe I'm that though. All the haters talking this and that noise. Take a seat, electric chair. Welcome to the death row. Life is monumental, living intercontinental. Content to every continent. The power of a pencil. Useful tools given to useless fools to break the rules. Take your juice for everything you got. You barely got some food. Fuck Fox. Point my finger to some faker news. We pollute the youth with all these fake ass rappers, fake ass shoes. Only chains and watches that are real. Jacob's shoes, fix your face and why you at it, fix your fucking racist views Hit the snooze, every morning time to make some moves Cannot lose, if you're feeling down, listen to Memphis Blues Sky's the limit, even if you're climbing on a Jacob's ladder All that matters is the fact that you go in this battle I'm losing it, going crazy, I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live, I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor roll your honor I'll be honest with you, I don't even honor codes I'm losing it Going crazy, I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor Or your honor, I'll be honest with you I don't even honor codes I'm losing it Going crazy, I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor Or your honor, I'll be honest with you I don't even honor codes Sneak attack, never that You know I don't fuck with that Grim Reaper knocking at your door Homie, good luck with that See you in the afterlife You're speaking to the poltergeist Life's a gamble, baby, sometimes you gotta roll the dice Give advice, avoid the fights, my feelings are cold as ice Graduate from Slaughter High, Willie's on South Philly bikes Pulling up on Erie Ave, streets are like the wrestling world You can always see the rats, by that I mean all the girls <laughs> Get your money, man, fuck the world Step out of your shell, you gotta find a pearl Open up the floodgates, I bring tsunamis, man Uptown Philly, Kensington, we call it zombie land Too young to give you all a life lesson Take a bow in the king's presence, you little peasants Knocking on the heaven's door, took the stairway to heaven Keep your AR-15, my words are my weapons I'm losing it, going crazy, I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live, I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor or your honor I'll be honest with you, I don't even honor codes I'm losing it, going crazy, I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live, I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor or your honor I'll be honest with you, I don't even honor codes I'm self-made, I'm a man of my own I'm trying to conquer my dreams and sit back on the throne Claim your turf, your territory's not a part of my home We gave life to robots and put our power in drones We made a crook the president, trying to put aliens in tents Put a wall or build a bridge, reconnect with some sense To be the best, you gotta beat the best, you gotta feed the flesh Fuck the teachers, test is chaos, they're trying to let us bleed to death Open communication, you gotta make sure there's no secrets left People are a lost cause, have to breathe, repossess Let the angels fly high, the birdies gotta leave the nest Pure like a vegan's flesh, I run it like a sneaker test 
I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor Or your honor, I'll be honest with you I don't even honor codes I'm losing it, going crazy I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor Or your honor, I'll be honest with you I don't even honor codes I'm losing it, going crazy I'll be honest with you Live your life the way you wanna live I don't honor rituals Let my mama know I never made the honor Or your honor, I'll be honest with you I don't even honor codes All right, guys, we are back. I think we got Bobby all straightened out here now. I think we're good to go. If he goes robotic again, well, fuck it. Maybe we'll just take another goddamn break. We don't give a shit. Anyway, we were getting into Vern Troyer a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick right back up there. I guess, like I said, probably the main things, and me and Bobby were even just talking now, I'm actually in seeing that gnome no Malone movie with Vern Troyer in it. That looks yeah. like a fucking decent movie. That was when? 2015? Yeah, 2015 yeah. movie. I'll be watching that shit. Yeah. So that'll be a good one. But uh, he is definitely known for playing Mini-Me in the Austin Powers series. Um, you know, that obviously pretty much made his career. He gets to watch what you say here. <laughs> you can't say he got really big after that. <laughs> he blew up after that movie. Is that better? No, is it? Yeah, um, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. He did. He blew up after that movie. He really. He was starting to get a bunch of different roles. Granted, not a lot of the roles were, you know, these giant. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> you just can't escape it, man. There's no way to not. Make it sound horrible. Oh, fuck my life and this whole conversation. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Austin Powers. Let's let's talk a little bit of Austin Powers and Mini-Me. Um, I'll pretty much bet Mike Myers is probably fucking crying his eyes out right now. Those two worked so fucking amazing together. Yeah, I mean, and, and they really, really did work good together. I mean, you could see they had like a... I mean, Mike Myers, you can tell, loves doing what he does anyway, especially during those Austin Powers movies. But I'm sure he's probably in a fucking really bad shape right now with uh, with this shit going down. But, um, yeah, dude, I loved watching those those movies. And it was weird. He didn't uh, he had no speaking lines in the first in the first one he was in. Not one, not one. And it's not like he couldn't speak. But I guess since they made him as a clone, they didn't want him to speak. I don't know if that. I don't know if that. Had any, I don't know. Did it worked. It worked. It worked. I mean, did you guys enjoy the Austin? Do you enjoy the Austin Powers movies? Or absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Now he, Vern wasn't in the first one. It was the second one he got introduced. Right. He wasn't in the uh, first one, was he? Was he in the first one? I think oh, he was in the first one. You sure he was in the first one? I thought he started off in the second one. First one was International Man of Mystery. The second one was Spy Who Shagged Me, right? Yeah. All right, so give me a second here. All right, there's Goldmember. He was in that one, Spy Who Shagged Me. And that he was not in the first one. Okay. He did not. Yeah, he did not start out until, the ninth, until, until 1999 in The Spy Who Shagged Me. I didn't think he was in the first one. And he made such an impact that you just you automatically connect him with the with the series. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, you really do. He, he did sort of, uh, I guess you could say he, uh, he the rocked that series like the rock did to Fast and Furious. Vern Troyer sort yeah. of did to the Austin Powers series. Um, right. I mean, the rock basically went in and took over Fast and Furious. And then, yeah, yeah, little Vern Troyer actually pretty much went in and did the same shit. He made a big impact. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> See what I mean? You can't fucking get away with can't fucking get away with it, man. Um here you go. Weeb's dropping knowledge, of course. And B-Meg's actually saying ever since Dana Carvey said Austin Powers was his idea, uh, he has a hard time looking at Mike Myers the same way. Didn't we? We we just talked yeah. about this, didn't we, on the one of the Wayne's World episodes? Yep. Sure Both did. of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Um, but yeah, Weeb's just saying that Mike Myers actually sought out Jim Carrey to play Dr. Evil. Uh his initial plan was not to play multiple characters in the series. Jim Carrey was interested, but had to turn it down due to Liar Liar. Thank God he made Liar Liar. That is one of my favorite movies of his. Uh, yeah, Dana Carvey felt that Myers copied Carvey's impression of Lorne Michaels for the Dr. Evil character. Mike Myers has actually said that he is doing an impression of Lorne Michaels for that character. Yeah, you can kind of tell. God you know, damn it, Bobby's robotic again. <laughs> it's actually kind of like fun now trying to figure out what Bobby says when he goes robotic like that. <laughs> All right, Anthony, we'll just pick up here and keep going. Well, we, we don't need to take another break. You still got me, right, Anthony? Still got you loud and clear. All right. Bobby's back. Let's see if Bobby's good. Um, you good, Bobby? All right. Bobby's back, but he's not back. Bobby, put some tinfoil on your iPhone, yeah. bro. Put some tinfoil on it. <laughs> Is this any better? Yeah, it sounded a little better. Uh, we'll work with it, man. Trust me, this isn't going to be like a very... Long show. Shut up, guys. Um, but yeah, it, it, literally, Mike <laughs> Myers has admitted. I, but what was it on? It was on that uh, James Lipton. What, what, what was that show he did? Where he, uh, the talk oh, inside the actor studio. Yeah, thank you. It was on that, and he was actually he literally said, "Yeah, I'm doing Lorne Michaels when I do Doctor Evil. It's exactly who I'm doing." So I don't know, man. It kind of sucks that these two. You know, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers, I mean, we've gone into the whole thing, but it just sucks that they don't have a uh, great relationship, you know? So, especially after what some of the things they've done. But uh, I like the Austin Powers, all three of them, and ugh, especially this, uh, the second one had uh, Heather Graham, right? Oh, she is amazing. I love Heather One of the reasons I like the movie Digstown, Heather Graham, Boogie Nights, <laughs> Gotta watch Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. If her, gotta watch her. She's she's perfect in that movie. Just yeah. perfect. It's another movie we gotta get to on the show. Boogie Nights is oh, fucking classic. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a another one. That's uh, there's a lot of dark moments in that movie. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be another one that was like, yeah, it's gonna be fun, and then you're like, all right, so uh, here's a suicide, and uh, right. It's gonna I mean, be, yeah, it gets a little weird. Well, you know, it'll be like I was all pumped to do fucking uh, pump up the volume, and then you know, 
we're sitting there talking about it. And she's like, this movie's pretty fucking depressing. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what it is? Fuck off, man. <laughs> I didn't realize it until now. And no, no. Am I a robot again? Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, no B-Mags. We have not done Boogie Nights. Uh, I don't know why, but we haven't. But yeah, that'll be another crazy one. But yeah, man, it's... uh. I don't know. I mean, Austin Powers is another one that I I wouldn't mind seeing another one, but a lot of people have said don't even expect it. It's not going to fucking happen. Um, So, and I've even heard that one of the reasons the studio is just not behind doing another one. Goldmember didn't do as good as the other two did. Even though Goldmember is one of my, Goldmember might be like my favorite out of the three. I don't know. I liked Goldmember. Come on, you had Beyonce. Fucking Nathan Lane showed up in that movie. Uh, you know, fucking the, uh, what was Goldmember with all his crazy accent? You know, want to smoke on a pipe? <laughs> <laughs> How about a bong and a blitz? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot be pleased, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that one. I think that might have been the. I, I like that one, I think, more than the other two. The other two were good, don't get me wrong. But I think I kind of like the story. And I mean, you, you also had uh, Michael Caine, who, come on. Is he not the coolest fucking guy on two feet, Michael Caine? I think he is. I like that guy. That's a bad motherfucker right there. But, uh, yeah, man, he was definitely, like you guys said, he definitely took over kind of that 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 movie. Um Obviously, the scene he did with that hard knock life was fucking hilarious, but just oh, everything. Yeah. My favorite scene. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Great fucking scene. Uh, let's see. Goldmember. Uh, Goldmember actually did do damn good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wrong. $63 million was the budget. $296.7 million. I'd like to compare that to the other two. I'm sure Weebs is on that right now. So. But, 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 uh, I. It's, fu- it's funny, you know, we mentioned that um he basically took over the the series, essentially, when he showed up on the scene. What do you guys think about that? Like, when uh, characters that weren't expected to be as big as they became take over a show and change the dynamic of a show or a movie, say, franchise. Fonzie or Urkel. Mm. Yeah, Steve Urkel, yeah. Urkel's He's only supposed to be, great like, example. one or two episodes. Yeah, Urkel's right. a great Dan fucking from example. Night Court. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about John Larroquette, who actually, you know, the show ended up being about him in the end. But yeah, Urkel's probably the one of the better examples, though. That show, I mean, people were calling it the Urkel show. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, it's like they retroactively kind of like made it seem like he was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. But if you look at that whole first year, he was only on about maybe four or five episodes. But once the character blew up and they brought him back from the second season onward... Then they like retroactively acted like he was there from the whole, you know, the the entire run of the show, which had been technically true. Right, right. All right, so let's see. Austin Powers, Man of Mystery. The budget was sixteen point five. The box office was only sixty seven point seven. Wow, Goldmember might have actually been the highest grossing, which maybe that's why I like it so much. It was a damn good fucking movie. Huh. It, 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 it probably built up the success of the other two. That's all. Definitely was. But yeah, I, th- I thought he had a little more fun. What was that? I uh, just said that it, it was hot as hell, man. I, I, people, I think people were still nowhere near tired of Austin Powers. Yeah, actually, Spy Who Shagged Me was the biggest 
box office gross. It was budget of $33 million and the box office was $312 million. Good God, Mike Myers is sitting <laughs> fucking pretty, man. Yes. God bless me. I know, you know, we have uh, different opinions, especially in the chat, but you look at it. Mike Myers has done pretty well for himself. He's created three distinctive franchises for himself. You know, Wayne's World, Shrek, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Powers. He basically can go to any one of those franchises to this day and still make money off of them. Right. And, you know, speaking of Shrek, BMAX is bringing it up. Did we ever hear the Chris Farley reading the Shrek lines? If you go into our Chris yeah. Farley episodes, we played him reading the Shrek lines. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we, we definitely got into all that on the Chris Farley episode, which you can check out in the archives on iTunes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got big into that. We you know we even said that would have been a totally different movie had Chris Farley done that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get into Chris Farley. We're already talking about enough fucking... Oh, there you go. Weebs is right. Mike Myers is the HBK and Dana is the Marty Jannetty of the fucking group. It is It's sad because I like Dana Carvey better <laughs> I really think Dana Carvey yeah. actually has a little more talent Than Mike Myers I, I just He yeah. just didn't get the same breaks yeah, It yeah, seems he, like he was around longer And maybe, maybe just from seeing him on Saturday Night Live To me it seems like Dana Carvey actually did more i mean not maybe not in terms of movies but just in terms of characters just all of the different characters that dana carvey did on saturday night live it seems to me that he did more than mike myers oh yeah yeah i totally agree i mean all, all the characters dana carvey was doing he was doing the uh Jesus Christ, Hans and Franz, church lady yeah, the church lady yeah yeah um what was the, uh, what the hell, did he have a name for the character, the, uh, Chopping Broccoli? Uh, it was the Lounge Singer. Oh, I know, I can't the, think of the name. That was mostly in his, um, he did that yeah, in the stand-up that show. Stand up. Yeah, 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 but I, that is one of the funniest bits he does, and then he starts going to the rock and roll guys and doing all, you know, they, they look like they're about to puke, and <laughs> how they, truthfully, every time I hear, uh, Jesus Christ, one of the songs by Foreigner, I think of Dana Carvey. I forget which one it is, but every I, I do hear it, Dana Carvey, whenever I hear that fucking song. Uh, the Cold as Ice, Willing to Sacrifice, because yeah. he would just go, Paradise, and then look around like, did that, yeah. that, that rhymed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he you know, like... George Bush, he did Paul McCartney. George Bush? Yeah. Uh, dude... Yeah. Just once again, underrated movie. Watch Master of Disguise with Dana Carvey. Just watch what he does. Listen to the fucking impressions he does. And listen to, just close your fucking eyes when he does them. Yeah. Close your fucking eyes. They're excellent, dude. His Scarface in that movie is hilarious. Absolutely. And and I know we're kind of like making the the, the jokes about HBK and Marty Jannetty. But, you know, Marty, personal issues aside, was pretty fucking talented. Same thing with Dana Carvey. Very much talented. And it's one of those things where I think people within the industry respect his talent, but I think like mainstream amongst fans, he kind of doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Well, 
And the weird thing is, I mean, you heard when we did the uh, uh, Wayne's World movies, you actually, you know, we heard all the stories about Mike Myers was hard to work with on the first one. And, you know, that lady was all pissed off. The the director didn't even come back for the second one. You kind of thought Dana Carvey would have, you know, that would have been kind of a, a leg up for him. But yeah. it just wasn't. Yeah. Squeaky wall gets the grease. I guess so, man. And yeah, B Megs is right. Master of Disguise is the shit, and it does get funnier every fucking time you see it. I love that movie. I I like Jennifer Esposito. Yes, 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 she yeah. is. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess we need to get back to the. Uh, well, fuck it. I mean, how much can we talk about the Austin Powers movies without yeah. strolling into Mike Myers and Dana Carvey talk? I guess it just doesn't happen. Yes, but, I guess like a nice quick little segue since we kind of used the Sean and Marty uh, reference here. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to say a quick little rest in peace to the, uh, in my opinion, the great grandfather of pro wrestling, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, man, everybody's going. It's getting, we're all getting old, guys. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, Ah, let's see. Where were we? Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here at this point now. He just brought up Bruno. Now I'm all fucking sad. I don't want to talk anymore. Fucking, I don't want to keep going with wrestling. But, um, yeah, man. I, I, but like I was saying though, I really thought Mike Myers, after we heard all the bullshit of the, that, that director not coming back, you kind of, you know, I why? think he blocked her. Yeah, but why exactly? Why didn't that help out Dana Carvey? May do you ever think Dana Carvey didn't want the same kind of fame that Mike Myers wanted? That yeah. might be it too. Like yeah. I'll put it to you like this: I, obviously, we don't know the man personally, but if I had to guess, he didn't. You know, you didn't, you don't hear too many stories about him ever causing problems. I think he's one of those people that likes to let the art speak for itself, yeah. and if he gets the break, he gets it. If not, oh well. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm pretty sure he probably is not one of those. You you never hear, like you said, you don't hear a ton of shit about Dana Carvey. You never hear him in the fucking news. It's not like he's, you know, getting caught running in a rubber suit down fucking, you know, California expressways like Martin Lawrence or anything. So, yeah, he just kind of stays in the background and you don't hear too much about him. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, he had that show a little while ago, that game show. It was an impression game show. I loved it, but it didn't last long. I knew it wasn't going to last long. I knew it wasn't going to last long. It just, it, it, some things just go way above people's heads. And uh, this isn't a shot at like Mike Myers, but I find myself, if between the two of them, I find myself being able to go back and watch um, Dana Carvey's movies more, whether it's, uh, you know, Master Disguise, as we mentioned. I don't know if you guys remember a movie he did called Clean Slate. He did one in the 80s called uh, Opportunity Knocks. I love those two movies, man. I remember that one. Tough Guys. Tough Guys. I like Tough Guys. Tough Guys. I think he was in The the Road to Wellville. I think he was in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tough Guys, though, was... Talk about an underrated great movie. Was that Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas? Kirk Douglas, I think. We going way back in the time machine now. (laughs) Am I right on those two characters? That sounds sounds familiar. That does sound right. That does sound right. Here, I'll it's check. a long time ago. <laughs> that was a very fucking long time ago. But I, I, I always liked that movie, though. 
And it wasn't one of those huge movies, though, that people were like, oh, man, the fucking great movies. Yeah, 1986, Tough Guys. Uh, and it was Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. I was 100% right. Look at me. <laughs> I actually fucking know something. Yes, that's why you do yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically they, they, they were two train robbers who just got out of prison and having a hard time adjusting to the new life. And Dana Carvey plays their parole officer who tries to keep them out of trouble. It's a, it's a good little movie, man. Old, like I said, 1986. It's an old movie, but it is, it is worth the watch. I believe it was Kirk Douglas and uh, Burt Lancaster's last movie, both of them. And I'm looking up Kirk Douglas, and apparently he's still very much active. Oh, he's still, yeah, you're right, he still does a few things here and there. That's right. Bless him, he's 101. Oh my god, god. 101. Yep. Birthday is December, his birthday is December 9th, 1916. See, you just don't know, man. You just don't fucking know. You could live to be 100, or you could live to just fucking... Because you can't tell me he's not one of those guys that wasn't fucking drinking and doing drugs back in the day. <laughs> right. You just can't right. fucking tell me that. You know, he was, that that guy was, dude, Kirk, he was probably banging everything that moved. His son certainly was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, but you know, I mean, sometimes maybe he knew his limits. I mean, you could engage in certain things, but if you know your limits and you don't go too far out of bounds, you can maintain yourself. Not that, not that I'm justifying, you know, drinking, smoking, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. I get you. I mean... Not that it's a bad thing. Hey, it yeah. keeps our ratings up, so yeah. Keep drinking, Box, please. I'm actually uh, <laughs> drinking water tonight. I'm too tired for beer. Put it that way. I just need a break, man. I need a break. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a maybe a couple weeks off. I'll see. I'll see. Well, it's the kind of like I guess to kind of get off the uh, dev train for a little bit. Are there any like little obscure movies that you guys like that you feel like don't get enough credit or that maybe a lot of people never heard of. I've brought up a couple of jumps over here real quick because I do have one that I've mentioned Matt. a few times on this show. No. And it's called Nowhere. Looking it up right now so I can get the act. Here it is. 1997 movie. It's a weird fucking movie. It basically follows a bunch of uh, Los Angeles high school students through like a day of their life, but by the end of it, it turns out to be a totally different movie than what you thought you were watching. Probably the most known actor in it is James Duvall. James Duvall was Randy Quaid's son in Men in Black, the first one. The kid with the long black hair. If you remember him, anyone remember him? I don't remember much about Men not, in I'm Black. I'm sorry, not Men in Black. Independence Day. Wrong movie. Oh. Okay. Wrong Will Smith movie. I'm sorry. He's in so many. How can you fucking not mix one or two <laughs> up? Yeah, he was the the son in that movie, you know, with the black hair, the kind of he was also in um Gone in Sixty Seconds. He was the guy that got pizza for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a if, if you can find this movie, it is worth a fucking watch. It doesn't have a very good rating on IMDb, but it's also not a lot of people have rated it. So, 
that's another thing. But it is a weird, obscure, crazy fucking movie. I don't know if anyone in our chats even fucking see this, seen this movie, but it was crazy. Crazy I'm movie. I'm definitely going to look that up. For there sure. you go. Nowhere. 1997. Now, I got a movie for you. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, from 1993. Uh, you guys remember a movie called uh, Showdown? Mm-hmm. Showdown. Got uh, Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks is probably the most no- known person oh, in there. Christine okay. Taylor was in there, too. Um, Blanks. That's where I actually first saw Christine the Taylor. The was... guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was ba- the concept of it uh, was basically almost like a new generation karate kid, you know, because Ken Johnson, he basically was a character in a movie that was uh, he was like getting picked on in high school. And uh, Billy Blanks was the janitor that was an undercover badass, taught him how to fight. You know, at first he had a mopping doing the Mr. Miyagi shtick. You know, you got to you got to humble yourself first before I teach you the ways. Young grasshopper type of deal. And because uh, he basically was in the Christine. Carol's character trying to get with her, but she was, you know, cheerleader type. She had, uh, she was uh, going with the jock, and him and his buddies would always bully this guy, unmercifully kick his ass. And then uh, finally, uh, Billy Blanks basically took mercy on him, taught him how to fight, and by the end of the movie, he's kicking everybody's ass. And he get the girl. That sounds like a Billy Blanks movie. Yeah, but it's definitely, you know, it's, you know, I kind of gave you like a the Cliff Notes version, but it's definitely a movie worth seeking out. Right. Showdown, 1993. Billy Blanks also in the Last Boy Scout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he's in the first part of it. He's the oh the guy that got ganting, yeah. You know, he kills himself in the first part. He blows his head off. Yeah, that was. T- yeah, they're <laughs> running down the field. He's shooting people when he's running down the field. Um, I got one more. The Tim Robbins movie. I actually own this fucking movie. It's called Bob Roberts. It's a 1992 uh, film. You ever heard of this one? Anyone? Title sounds familiar. All right. Basically, a folk singer uh, ends up being a politician. And he, you know, he basically just goes all negative, plays totally fucking dirty, all this shit. But it's a really good little fucking movie. It's got uh, Tim Robbins in it, Alan Rickman, Giancarlo Esposito. He was in NYPD Blue, by the way. Uh of course, um, not, not a lot more people that you would really, uh, Ray Wise, we've all seen Ray Wise, he was actually in The Chase, he was, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, he was the girl's father in that movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> he was funny in The Chase. <laughs> yeah, Helen Hunt's in this movie, Pamela Reed, if you don't know Pam, Pamela Reed was in Cadillac Man, with Robin Williams, and, uh, and she was in Kindergarten Cop also. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And Jack Black was in this movie? Well, I'll be damned. That, I haven't seen this movie in a long around. time. He's said dude gets around. Susan Sarandon was in this movie. She's still hot, by the way. John, yeah, John Cusack was in this movie. I like John oh, thank, Cusack. You did? Yeah, I like him, too. Um, He did another movie. Um, go ahead, Box. It'll come to me. Who, John Cusack? Yeah, uh, Gross Point Blank. Oh, I love that fucking movie. Him, yeah, oh. Dan Aykroyd is in that one with him. Yes, yes. That's an underrated Cusack flick. And you know, someone was, um, someone posted. I think uh, Better Off Dead had an anniversary yesterday. I forget how many years, but 
There's a funny story behind that movie. John Cusack did not want to do that movie. He actually thought that the director, like, bait and switched him doing that movie. He despised every moment of being on set, but said if he didn't, he signed a contract, so he didn't want his name to be smeared at that young, you know? So he did the movie, and that fucking movie turned out to be a cult hit. Have you ever seen Better Off Dead? It's been a long time. I don't know if I've seen oh. it. Oh, my God. Not... It, it 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 is a popular John Cusack movie, but it's not a popular John Cusack movie. Um, it's definitely worth a watch, though. Better off dead. I'm I'm, I'm going to look it up right now, so I can tell you what year that was. Better up oh, there it is, 1985. 1985. Uh, John Cusack, Kim Darby is in it. That's you know not really a big actor. Um, Dan Schneider, we've talked about him. Yeah, he was in uh, Head of the Class. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Booger, Curtis Armstrong, <laughs> is one of is his best friend in this movie, if that tells you anything. Uh, but, yeah, it's just another one of those crazy. Uh, Taylor Negron is in this movie, Biodome. Nice. And a ton of other things. He was also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was the pizza guy. He was the pizza guy in that movie, but uh, better off dead, man. Yeah, he really, he just, he did not want to do it. But yeah, it actually became uh, one of his most known movies. So, rightfully so. I mean, from what I like, I haven't seen it in a while, but from what I remember it, I remember about it. It was very well worth the time to watch. Yep, fucking booger. I love that character and all those fucking Revenge of the Nerds movies. <laughs> Um, he was a really good character for 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 those movies. Yeah, and he had a recurring role on Moonlighting, didn't he? That's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was Agnes DePesto's boyfriend. That's I think they right. Got married to. What was his name? How the fuck did you remember that, dude? I don't, I don't. I remember her name in it, but I can't remember his for some reason. Agnes how DePesto. The... How the fuck did I remember that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let me go back and see who he played in Moonlighting. I'm actually I'm in IMDb. So let me roll. His name was a. His name was a Herbert Quentin Viola. There you go. Oh, Viola. Viola. That's right. Yeah. 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 Let's see. B Megs is bringing up. Don't ever watch this movie. What? 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 What movie here? What movie we got? The Girl Next Door. Uh, I'm ashamed to say I actually saw that movie. (laughs) The Girl Next Door. Who's in that? Uh, no one I know, literally, no one I know is in this movie. Yeah, I re- <laughs> I, rem- I remember that movie. <laughs> we should actually review it just because of how awful it was. No, <laughs> no, that's not. Boxman is not with doing awful movies. Yeah, and and you know what? What? Yeah, let's go ahead and review a quiet place while we're at it. We'll play all the. We'll, let's play the scenes from that movie. Well, you know what movie we should do? What? Ladies Man. Mm-hmm. That was on. That was on last week, but I, because I, I hadn't seen it in so long, but I laughed my ass off the whole time, man. That is Leon, Leon Phelps is goat. He is the ladies man. Got my cavalier. <laughs> I do. Look. Will Ferrell in that movie is 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 at his funniest, in my opinion. 
at his funniest in that fucking movie. I love that movie because I'll tell you what, Will Ferrell kind of stole that movie from um, uh, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. Meadows. I knew it was Tim. I couldn't think of the last name from Tim Meadows because I think Will Ferrell's part in that movie actually was better than Tim Meadows doing the ladies' man. What vibe I got from Will Ferrell playing that part? It felt to me like like he was at ease because he didn't have to do the heavy lifting in the movie, you know, because mm-hmm. it wasn't his movie. Mm-hmm. So he he could just relax and just be funny without without a ton of pressure on him. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely need to do fucking ladies' man though. That'd be a good one to do. Yes. Yeah, love that fucking movie. That's a really, really funny movie. Just goes to show you though, those those Saturday Night Live flicks just kind of become underrated little classics, man. Except for Wayne's World. Wayne's World really was there. I mean, I mean, we looked this up a couple a few weeks ago. Wayne's World really was their kind of highest fucking grossing movie. So, yeah. Let's see, Anthony uh, BMX says, Anthony is thinking of this movie. This is, must be another one not to watch. Uh, oh, uh, there's two of them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the second one, Max, so you're right. The, 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 the porn star one, yeah. that. Yeah, I've actually seen clips of that. I No, no, another one that's not my kind of fucking movie. Oh, I guess, like, you know, real quick, from the ladies, man, who did you have? Yeah, Karen Parsons, and you had uh, Tiffany Thiessen. Take the amber out my name. Yep, yep, she was in that. She was still hot in that. I think she's still hot now, right? Eh. (laughs) (laughs) Karen Parsons is holding up quite well. Of course. I liked Tiffany back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Billy G. Williams, John Witherspoon. Yeah, you talk about somebody that doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Eugene Levy, uh, Levy, sorry, Levy, Levy. Uh, Ken Hudson Campbell. We've spoke about him a few times. We've actually spoke about him. He was. Uh, we spoke about him in the in Home Alone. He was the Santa. We've also talked about him in one of my favorite movies, Down Periscope. He's the cook in Down Periscope. If you've ever seen that movie. Um, and another person in this movie who I, you want to talk about underrated, Kevin McDonald. He's one of the kids in the hall. Oh, yeah. I am a kids in the hall fan. By the way, if you have never seen the kids in the hall movie called Brain Candy, find that motherfucker. I'm going to have to see that. I like the kids in the hall. I like all those guys. They had a movie called Brain Candy that is about. Uh, a couple doctors who find a pill that'll make you happy all of the time. Hmm. But it backfires on them, and the pill has some really bad effects. Basically puts you in a, a, like a coma. So, you know, it, it it's really a really funny movie. They're, they play almost, you know, all the... They, they play the guys, they play the girls. But it's a hilarious fucking movie. It is crazy, it is funny, it is underrated. Brain can't... Check that motherfucker out. I'm a kids in the. I, I was a kids in the hall fan too when they used to be on Comedy Central and shit. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Right, they were so definitely. I was gonna say I have to start making my list. So there's nowhere. 
and brain candy so far. Mm-hmm. Shit. Oh shit, I forgot who was in Ladies Man. The uh Rocky Carroll. He's been in a ton of move a ton of shit too. Oh. Yeah. He also did an NYPD blue. <laughs> Got two of them already, guys. Oh. I probably missed good. probably missed twenty in the meantime. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably. But yeah, ladies yeah, ladies man is another good one. Uh Weep says kids in the hall is a sausage fest. But it's funny. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, and you know, Dave Foley is one of the kids in the hall. <laughs> yeah, he's he's all over that movie too. He's well, not all over it. He kind of plays a weird character who shows up out of the blue here and there. Well, that's kind of what the kids in the hall are, are good for. They they play weird characters that show up here yeah, and there. Yeah, and a lot of the characters are in this little movie. But yeah, I've I've shown that movie to people and they're just like, what the fuck did you just show me? Mm-hmm. It's the greatest fucking movie in the world. You've never seen it? <laughs> oh, guess it's just me. Sorry. So... I don't know. We got any more? What we want to? Uh, what do y'all want to do? Want to wrap up? Want to figure out some more movies? What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, same kind of thing. Like, uh, well, I'm a John Ritter nut, so I would definitely, Bobby, add a uh, stay tuned to your list if you never saw. Oh, please stay tuned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Problem child. Like... Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to say. Real say, men. Real men. Yes. Real men. <laughs> yes. Never seen that. What? Oh, real men? Yeah, him and uh, Jim Belushi. Bro, yeah, you check seen that it. out, dude. I think you'll like that. I That's think right up your like alley. That. That's right up your alley box. I'll bet it is. I'll tell you another. You know what? Since we're doing kind of underrated movies that don't get enough fucking credit, Spies Like Us, Dan Aykroyd, yeah, and Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, right? Are in this movie together. And I don't know why, but this wasn't one of the bigger comedy films of the 80s. Um, when was that film put out? Uh, but it, it, I want to say 81, uh, I think. 80 or 81. 80, 80, 80 might be right. Uh, 85. Oh, shit. 1985. This really is, though, an underrated gem of a fucking movie. Seriously, it is. I love this fucking movie. Uh, they're basically two government employees that are idiots and somehow they get put out as spies in like this Russian nuclear war thing. But yeah, man, absolutely fucking amazing goddamn movie. But, um, B B Meg goes back to John Ritter. Did Ritter ever do a bad movie? I don't think so. I don't think John Ritter did. You know what? John Ritter didn't do very many movies. But he probably picked his roles like Sling Blade. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was deep role. That was like a departure from what you normally would expect from John Ritter. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, you, you 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 know you you think of John Ritter, you think of fucking Three's Company, Jack Tripper, Jack Tripper, Three's fucking company. That's who you really think of. Um, kind of weird that you know the whole time he's sitting there playing the pussy hound, he's a you know actually you know not wanting the pussy at all. Uh, <laughs> well, come on, like, admit it. Did you guys look up the uh, Jack Tripper back in the day when you uh, first saw that show? Um, I actually liked <laughs> I liked Larry better. <laughs> I thought Larry Dallas was great. 
Oh, shit. And uh, Mr. Furley. I thought those two were great. <laughs> great Don Knotts. Talk about somebody that never had a bad role, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, we- Weaves uh, says John Ritter in Bad Santa. Awkward. Yeah, a little awkward. But man, he would. Uh, he played some good roles. You know, speaking of Dave Foley, John Ritter played a couple roles on uh, new- uh, news radio. He did a couple episodes, too. So... <laughs> Man, Scrubs, he was on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, John Ritter, man. But yeah, you literally, all you think of is Three's Company with him, and he did so much more. But yeah, Sling Blade was probably, was like his, holy shit, look what he can fucking do. Yeah, he had some chops acting-wise. Yeah, because, I mean, he had always done the comedy stuff, you know, like I said, Problem Child, Problem Child 2, um, you know, the movie you mentioned, just a lot of not... And then Sling Blade, you were like, holy shit, man. This guy's got some fucking something to him. And he did. He sure as hell did, man. Yeah, Suzanne Summers. Got to see a lot of Suzanne Summers on Three's Company. Uh, jiggle TV. Nice and jiggly. Mm. <laughs> Girl never had a bra on back then, dude. Fucking never. And it was great for television. Then she started doing Thighmaster commercials. Right. Hey, watch right. me squeeze my thighs on television. Yes. Well, God damn it! I wish. We, where's DVR? We don't have DVR yet. Well, well let me let, let me ask you guys. Like both at their peak, who would you say was bigger in the seventies? Uh, uh, Summers or Fawcett? Bob's. Is that a tough one, or do you think they were about even? Go ahead, Bobby. I, I would I would have to say Farrah Fawcett. She had Farrah Fawcett had more going on, and uh, Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers kind of. Uh, overestimated her worth i mean i don't want to i don't want to shit on her i'm not like not like she's a terrible person but the reason she left three's company um so early was because of a a bargaining negotiation gone bad Mm -hmm. she 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 wanted more money they thought she wasn't worth it she said well i'll just leave and they said all right see you (laughs) you know we can fill your spot with another blonde chick and And they did. You know what? It's kind of the same thing. And I know you guys are going to be like, I can't believe he's going into this. David Caruso in NYPD Blue did the same fucking thing. He went into the second season making all these fucking crazy demands, this and that. So they said no. Four four episodes later, he was gone. You know? (laughs) He was going to go do movies. He wanted this. He wanted that. He wanted more money. And they said, fuck it. They brought in Jimmy Smith's, and Jimmy Smith's yeah. lasted like six years. Yes. I mean, everybody's replaceable. And, like, I won't sit up here because I was a Threes Company fan, still am. And the show definitely did lose something when they lost Summers, but it wasn't like John Ritter walking off the set. Right. The, the show was right. basically built around him. If John Ritter decided to walk, yeah, then the show would have been in trouble. Mm-hmm. Suzanne Summers, all due respect. You know, she, she, she did play a vital part, and the chemistry was kind of broken. It wasn't by any means. It didn't kill a show off when she left. Right. Exactly. It it didn't. Right. It didn't. Uh, the role that the role that she played, like they replaced her with uh, two other girls, and I I really thought that Suzanne Summers felt that spot the best. But yeah, like I have to agree with you. You know, her leaving didn't kill the show. Yeah, Suzanne Summers had that stupid blonde down. Because I mean, that's what she played on that show. She was a stupid blonde. It was. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. it was uh, Suzanne Summers. Then they had Jenny Lee Harrison. She was a 
I think her cousin Cindy Snow. Mm. Then finally it was uh, Priscilla yeah. Barnes. Terry. Terry, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then that was weird too because it, they replaced it with two other blondes. And then once they settled on Priscilla Barnes, uh, once again, they tried to kind of cheat. She was she was like too smart to play the dumb role, but they still tried to have her doing like the Chrissy type stuff, and it didn't really play well because well, she was it wasn't natural. Yeah, well, because I think they they kind of wanted to get away from the dumb thing, but mm-hmm. they they made her. I think she was still kind of like a klutz, so they kind of they kind of got away from the just like sort of like similar to how on Night Court they uh, before they settled on uh, Marsha Warfield. You know, they kept trying to. Well, no, I mean the the bailiff part. Right, right, they right, kept right, trying yeah. to fill the spot with an old, you know, but the older ladies kept dying, so they decided to go young, you know. So yeah, on Three's Company, they decided to kind of go away from the the ditzy blonde and just went with the smarter one, but she was still kind of a klutz. Right. But uh, let, let me ask you guys something. Do you think it's the ultimate compliment to the uh, talented John Redder that no less authority on comedy than Lucille Ball actually came on the show? And then basically anointed him as like the guy of his generation? That that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that kind of did cement him in there a little bit. (laughs) A lot of it, actually. So, man, fucking sweating in this goddamn room. (laughs) Ah, I can hear the AC kicking on. Motherfucker, it's hot. Oh, shit. All right, guys. I think we should fucking wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, man. I, uh, I mean, where, what more can we do? I don't know, man. I mean, we we didn't have a real mo- a specific movie. We kind of wanted to go on. Remember a couple of these people, Harry Anderson, Vern Troyer. Yeah. Uh, went a little bit uh, all over the place. Mentioned some movies that you guys need to uh, start listening to. And uh, I guess on that note, we will go ahead and wrap up. Don't you guys forget, you can check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash THT Network. Uh, you can check out me and Shaheen from now on on Tuesdays, uh, right after SmackDown. So that'll be 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, right? 11 o'clock? 10 o'clock Eastern. 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock Eastern. Eastern. That's right. 10 o'clock Eastern. This is why I asked. 10 o'clock Eastern <laughs> time, and you can check out THT Movie Review. You can go to iTunes. You can go to TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all those places. Like I said, you can just go ahead and sign up on THT Network. You'll get every single one of our shows there. And once again, I'm going to say one more time, don't forget to fucking go to that goddamn Patreon, patreon.com slash THT Network. And on that note, Bobby, appreciate you hanging out with us one more time. Thank you. Anthony, I will see you uh, probably on the Tuesday show or next week. Definitely. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And on that note. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Uh-huh.